Behind the Pattern podcast. Make left traffic, clear for the option. Minneapolis departure, Archer 641, Charlie, Charlie, 2000, climbing 3000. Line up and wait, 7 range, for my Alpha. Mark Tower, 172, Romeo Hotel, hold short on the 133, ready to take off. I'm John. I'm Chris. I'm Brad. And I'm Mark. And we are the In the Pattern Podcast. Welcome to episode 79 of the In the Pattern Podcast. Uh, this is Chris, and along with me tonight, uh, we got a little bit a different lineup. Uh, Mark is with me. How you doing, Mark? Good. How you guys doing? Awesome, awesome. Uh, Mr. Conway, how are you doing, bud? Oh, doing well, doing well. Awesome. And a special guest, we got Keith with us tonight. Keith, welcome to the podcast. Hello, podcast fans. How are you all doing? Yes, yes. Uh, Keith, Keith's a, a friend of Mark and I's from, uh, from Oshkosh, and he uh, used to live up there, uh, well, still does part-time in, in uh, NorCal area, Sacramento area, but has found his way to the Arizona area and is now down here with, uh, with us part-time, so he's enjoying uh, some blistering heat lately. We're uh, already at 115s, so that's all kinds of fun. At least you're not moving in right about now, you know. It could suck worse, I guess. No, no, we uh, we got all that behind us, and uh, of course, as soon as we moved in, we had COVID. So yeah, right. Kind so. of shut everything down, but yeah. hey, we're here. Absolutely. Well, tonight's focus really is uh, is I just wanted to get Mark and Keith on specifically because um, they they both recently flew to uh, um, Lake uh, Lake Havasu in, here in Arizona and for a uh, a Cirrus to Oshkosh training. Uh, they've uh, did that in the past when they did the Cirrus to Osh uh, mass arrival, and I just wanted to uh, kind of hear uh, a little bit about how that went, uh, how it's structured, how many people come, how many people in the Cirrus to Osh uh, uh, is expected to be coming and stuff. It's 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 been a pretty cool thing in the past. It's neat if you've never been to Osh uh, on days when mass arrivals come. Um, it's it's kind of a sight to behold because all of a sudden, you know dozens to hundreds of the similar type of aircraft are coming in two, three at a time for, you know, you know, half an hour to an hour or whatever, or longer even. So anyways, um, Keith or Mark, I don't care who wants to start off. Feel free to uh, jump in here and give us a little heads up about what what's that like, uh, uh, how it's organized, um, who all shows up and, and how many days is it? What, what What's expected? Cool. I figure uh, I'll let Keith talk most about it. I was actually for this uh, for this adventure. I was the uh, the Jaffo, uh, just an <laughs> observer. F an observer, but uh, yeah, I spent my whole time uh, in the right seat. I was really more safety pilot um, uh, for a lot of our sorties. So, um, but Keith's a lot more familiar with the organizational part of it and who's who. And I mean, I've gotten to know quite a few of the of the names in the group but uh i'll uh i will default to keith since uh since he was our pic bonus points for anyone who uh knows where that jaffo comment comes from what movie <laughs> which one i don't know you haven't heard that before uh well i've heard of jaffo before but not in the context of a flick oh okay well 
I guess I'll let it out. I, I, Mark, were you were you alluding to uh, uh, Blue Thunder? Yeah, that's that's where a lot of people pick it up from. I'll I'll just say that uh, the individual who leads our group when we get to we get down to Janesville, yeah, where we where we the big rally point. Um, he is a uh, a wing commander down in uh, for, for the army in a helicopter group. So oh, okay. uh, we pick up we pick up a lot of helicopter. And, jargon. and military tra- jargon, military and helicopter <laughs> jargon. So cool. Yeah, that's where I, that's where I remember it coming from. All right, Keith, go ahead. Tell us tell us what's up. How how's that st- how's all that work out for us? Well, um, let's see. Where should I start? So every year, uh, for the past I believe ten years, uh, Cirrus has or Copa, Cirrus Owners and Pilots Association has organized a, a mass arrival. Um, so all the pilots. Um, originally it was set up so all the pilots that are flying the same plane can camp with their buddies and the only way that Oshkosh could coordinate that was to have everybody arrive at the same time and of course the the Bonanza group and the Mooney group and the Cessna group have all been doing that for years and they come in 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 just massive groups I think the Bonanza guys uh, are 120 planes the Cessna guys are even more than that and the Moonies have a have a uh, pretty Pretty large contingency as well, but the the whole idea is so you can all camp together, park together, uh, whatever. But in order to do this safely, um, the F um, the FAA mandates that you do a certain amount of training, or each pilot has to be trained to fly in formation and be somewhat competent um, in order to do that. So, what uh, the C two A group, which means Cirrus Two Adventure which is, a, uh, like I said earlier, a subset of, um, of COPA. Um, they organize these training sessions all around the country. There's probably maybe half a dozen every year before, before OSH. And uh, uh, the one on the West Coast this year popped up at uh, Lake Havasu, uh, where they usually do one. They, sometimes they do one in California, but, um, and then one up, in, up near Bend or or Spokane. But anyway, this, this year's was in Havasu and it's two and a half hour flight from Roseville. So, um, I actually asked Mark, uh, because he was going to go with me to Oshkosh to, to go along with and see how this training works out. And, uh, it's actually a lot of fun. So we flew down there. We flew down the backside of the Sierras and rendezvoused with another Copen, um, Mike, who we flew to, to Osh last year. For those of you who were listening to that cast, so yeah, we flew to the, we had to, uh, talked about, coordinated a rendezvous at the Beatty VOR, and uh, we flew the rest of the trip, which it was about halfway point. We flew the rest of the trip in form, uh, swapping leads and, and doing just real basic stuff before we, we got to the group arrival. And uh, that was uh, Friday morning, and then in the afternoon, um, we split up into two groups. It turned out that we had quite a few participants. We had uh, somewhere, I think about a dozen airplanes, uh, with about four newbies. And, uh, so the newbies broke off into one group and did a intro flight, uh, which is basically they go up in a four ship formation, uh, with experienced pilots. Uh, each newbie pilot basically doesn't get to fly. He just, he just observes. And we go through, we, we ring it out and do the, the whole thing. We do, you know, bearing, bearing line cross-unders, um, just your basic formation maneuvers. 
Um, then they did that, and then the, the advanced group broke off, and we actually did some more advanced stuff uh, on our own without uh, instructors, just to kind of uh, knock the rust off. Uh, and then in the evening, we got back in the hotel and we did a, uh, a classroom. So uh, it was more of a schoolroom setting with uh, PowerPoint and um, uh, Mike Radomski does that. Mike is one of the, the founders of the whole C2A thing. And he's very experienced and is actually a flight instructor and does a really good job of uh, going through all the uh, basically the safety procedures, uh, what to expect. Um, does a really, really good job. Um, Am I leaving anything out here, Mark? Nope, you're on track. Okay. Um, so, but uh, the classroom just is um, for the for those that are are just starting out. Um, it covers some of the expectations. Like uh, formation flight isn't for everybody. Um, there is, um, you know, flying close to other aircraft, which is not something people normally do. Um, but when you when you practice it and uh, and gain confidence, it's something that when you do it really well, it's extremely satisfying and uh, and really fun to do and and looks really good from the ground. Actually, it looks really good from the air. Uh, Marcus, my Jaffo, actually got to take some really good pictures uh, of some of the other guys around, and I'll let him tell about some of the stories that happened uh, post uh, post training. Kind of a cool story, but anyway. Um, so Saturday morning, we're all up early, off to the airport, and again, we'd split into two groups, but this time we were going with an experienced pilot. Uh, we were teaming up experienced pilots in the flight along with, uh, with a newbie. So we had um, a gentleman by the name of Michael with us, and uh, he was actually a helicopter, I don't know if he was a helicopter pilot, but this guy was a really good stick. Uh, probably the best newbie I've ever seen. I mean, he was on me like uh, like glue the whole time, and uh, I was I was extremely impressed. So out of the four newbies, I think we two came along really quickly, and I think two might have have fallen out. Um, but that's kind of par for the course. I mean, like I said, it's not for everybody. Um, but we flew, ended up flying three sorties that day. Um, after the the morning flight, we flew one around noon. Um, we'd broken into, um, uh, uh, the, the training class and then I'm going to call it the, uh, the veteran class. And we had, uh, I think we had two groups of veterans and one group of newbies. And, um, it turned out, uh, really good. Um, I was actually shocked how well I flew. It was really fun. Um, it was super hot in the afternoon, and we had all kinds of thermal, uh, convective. Um, that's always pockets. fun so while you're. That's always fun while you're trying to stay in formation. Um, no, it's it's really well. You just can't do it as tight as you normally would. You just loosen things up a little bit. Yeah, we never have to fight that with the with the Oshkosh arrival, uh, because it's always it's usually early in the morning, and. Um, before the uh, the ground has a chance to heat up and and create problems for us. Um, so what else here? So we had, so in the afternoon we had another late session again that was real bouncy, and then in the evening, um, 
we had uh, we had a dinner, and that was pretty much it. And the next morning, uh, I had a little trouble. We went, uh, we started up, and we ran another veteran group, and uh, I was a lead. And uh, everything was running fine. I went over, uh, we taxied down to the end of the runway, and um, uh, my left number one magneto was out. So oh. I lost, basically what happened is I, I lost a plug. And it was good that I had my, uh, my handy-dandy F-15 mechanic with me. <laughs> uh, so he could swap that plug out really quick and troubleshoot it. And turns out one of the guys in the group had a spare plug, so it was no big deal. And we... Uh, we borrowed a bunch of uh, tools from the from Desert Skies, the FBO that's there. So uh, I was able to fly home, but I didn't get the fly formation on Sunday. Boo hoo! Um, but it was a great trip, and um, I don't know, Mark, if you really have that much to add other than uh, you did a really good job taking pictures. I wish we, I wish you were actually in somebody else's. I wish you were in somebody else's plane besides mine because you took really good pictures. That's awesome. So one of the things that I was going to actually touch on is, and you, and you touched on it originally was, um, during the, uh, the class, one of the, one of the things that Mike talked about was that, you know, this, this isn't for everybody. And he, there was no pressure. And, and, um, if at any point in time, anybody that was in the room didn't feel comfortable doing what we were doing, they were welcome to, 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 you know, to step out and, you know, uh, not participate with, with no judgment. And we actually lost, uh, we lost two airplanes. Uh, guys just weren't comfortable. Um, whether it was they weren't comfortable flying that close to somebody else or um, they weren't feeling well or um, they weren't comfortable, you know, in, in the convective heat that we had going on. But uh, it, that happened. And, and from what I understand from, from a couple of guys, that that, that usually happens. Uh, uh, in in every one of these clinics, but I, I give the, I give a lot of respect to the guys, the two guys that that, that backed out. Um, Safety you know, first, right? Ab Safety absolutely, first. absolutely. If they weren't comfortable, and we were all good with that. It's like you know, if you if you understand where your limitations are, better it, it better to back out now than force you know force a bad situation and get yourself or somebody else in trouble. So um, I, I appreciate that they that they you know were. I, not to not to use the wrong terms, but they manned up and they they were like, you know what, this really isn't for me. So, and they they were openly admitted it. So I, I give them credit for that. Um, it was on uh, on on Saturday. It was convective, um, but uh, you know it wasn't too bad. Um, the one thing also I wanted to talk about was was Mike Mike Rogers. He. Um, he was on us. I, I, I kept looking at this guy. I'm looking at him. I'm like, dude, this guy is, he's tucked tight, tighter than anybody else that I had ever seen in a long time fly, fly that close. And he was doing an amazing job. And we were, we were doing probably, I don't know, what do you think, Keith, maybe 20 degree turns. And then we'd kick it up to 30 degree turns. And he was right there. I mean, he never, he never moved. And I'm looking at him going, you have a backstory. You have to have a backstory. You're you doing too good. I'm like, you're going to I'm all this guy's going to tell me he's been flying F-18s for 20 years. Something like it that. It's it wasn't a backstory you expected. No, it turns out that he owned a he owned a helicopter uh, service center and flight school down in the L.A. basin for several years. So he was a helicopter pilot. 
And, and he goes, yeah, I, I went, that's exactly what it is right there. And he's like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, because your brain is so used to doing five Fine different movement. things at one time. Yeah. Um, I said, you were, you were made to do this. And he goes, oh, well, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Because <laughs> he, he just did it, you know. And the movements with a helicopter is so much finer than it, than it would be for a uh, typical pilot, you know. Ab- or, a- absolutely. Throwing absolutely. the stick all over the place. Helicopter pilot don't do that. No, no. Flying so, in LA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, he was he was a super nice guy. Um, it turns out that he he has since sold the helicopter business, and he figured, okay, what's the best thing I'm going to do in my life? Well, he owned he opened up a uh, a reprographics shop again down in the LA Basin area, and uh, after all was said and done, and we got home, I had uploaded I don't know. 30 or 40 shots that I, that I thought were good to a, a Dropbox for the, for the pilots to kind of take a look and say, hey, you're, here they are, take them. I've got some that I've cleaned up. I've got some that are untouched. You're welcome to take them and do what you want with them. And uh, Mike actually reached out. He's like, hey, pick the one you like. And I've got one where there's, there's three airplanes right on our wing and right off our, our right wing. And uh, he's like, cool. And about about a week and a half later, I get this huge package, and I'm thinking, I just pulled it into the house, and I'm like, "Honey, you got something?" Because my wife is constantly ordering stuff for the house. Yeah, right. And Same. she's all, she's all, uh, "That's not mine." I'm like, "Oh, what is this?" And I open it up, and it's this beautiful. It's actually up on my wall right here in my uh, my home office. It's it's probably a, I don't know, a 24 by 36 canvas mounted. Uh, version of that of that picture that I've got oh. of the of the it's basically our four ship formation right there, and then uh, it's amazing. I mean, I don't even That's know so I don't know cool. what it would cost to get that done, but it was awesome. So very uh, cool. Yeah, so I, I've I've reached out to Mike a couple of times. I'm like, thank you so much. I gratitude. It, you know, I can't tell you, but this is the coolest thing I think I have in my office. <laughs> but. Uh, um, Anyway, back to the uh, back to Havasu. The 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 FBO right there treated us amazing. Um, they let us have the run of one of their big hangars and the uh, the uh, pilot area right there in the in the FBO, and we were doing our debriefs. And I, I tell you what, for a, a location, I, I think it was probably one of the best um, places that we could have done it. There's a huge desert area to the west of. Uh, the lake itself, and we set up basically two parallel uh, airspaces out there. And you had, they had set it up so that it was uh, each of those rectangular airspaces, low and high, in case we needed to, you know, occupy four boxes at the same time. And uh, which we we didn't. I think we did one time. We did one um, time. Yeah, and and our. Uh, our ADSB was was maxed out the whole time, so that's what a lot of I was doing. I was like, okay, Keith's Keith's flying. He ended up flying lead, uh, probably over half of our our sorties, and uh, um, I was I, I was trying to keep him honest within the box, obviously, but I, I'd get nervous when I'd see somebody coming near us. I'm like, okay, turn twenty to the right, twenty to you know, just to keep us you know deconflicted, but um. We we were fortunate at one point in time when we did it was just like an all veteran group. I think there was the a four ship, and we ended up flying up and down the lake itself. 
that was a lot of fun. And we we had a, a private name for our, what we called it our, our own private MOA. We gave it a <laughs> an, an appropriate name, but be, being family friendly, I, I'll, 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 re, I'll, re, I'll refrain from saying what it was. But uh, it, there it's were having, a, it's having so everybody knows what it is. Exactly. There was a lot of boat traffic down there and a lot of people down there having fun. We'll just okay. Okay. So, uh, but we did a, we ended up doing a, everybody wanted to stay friendly and legal. And we had one guy that wanted to do a 500 foot flyover over the boats. And (laughs) we, we opted not to do that, but I thought that would have been pretty cool. But, (laughs) (laughs) um, no, we had, it was a really good weekend and, uh, yeah, it, uh, I, I, I'm very thankful that, that Keith uh, invited me to go down there for that. Uh, I learned a lot very from cool. them. I mean, I've, I've flown form before, obviously I've, I've flown formation with Keith and I've flown form with other people, but it was cool to get it in a, uh, inside a group, um, outside of the big briefing from Osh that we did in 19, but, um, to see it in a, in a smaller group, but still that it was a lot of professionalism and all of the safety pilots that were there, all professional, um, and then we had we had the unwind time, which was kind of cool, you know, the after hours and sit around, you know, have an adult beverage and and debrief. And and even when we were at their our group dinner, it was still a really good time. And um, if if anybody's ever thinking of doing this, and you're a excuse me, you're a a serious owner out there, I'd highly recommend it. Uh, the camaraderie is amazing. The pilots are amazing. The uh, Everybody that was at this weekend, um, just really good, cool people. There was no, no attitudes, no, no nothing. Everybody was just really cool. So nice. I would, uh, you know, if you're ever thinking about doing it, I would, I recommend it. Um, if you know somebody that has a Cirrus and they want to do it, um, you know, you can always be like, like I was and be a Jaffo and, well, the cool uh, thing is you, you don't have to be a Cirrus jockey. You can basically whatever airplane you fly, there's a group that goes into Osh. And they absolutely. Do, they, do the, they have to do the requisite training required yeah. by their, uh, their FAA letter of operation or letter of agreement, whatever the heck they call it. But, um, yeah, just a couple other things I wanted to, I wanted to, to mention. First is, um, so for every flight we fly in C2A, there is a brief. There's the actual flight and the debrief. And I can't tell you how important that is because it gets everybody on the same page. And then, you know, you go out and you fly it and there's no per- perfect formation flight. There's always something to learn from every flight. So you go through the debrief. And at that point, everybody puts, everybody puts their egos on the table and, uh, and uh, you know, you have to have thick skin and, okay, you know, you messed up here, but we could have done this. And uh, it's just, it just really helps the learning. And the other thing is you're not being evaluated by your peers. Everybody has, has to self-evaluate. And it's surprising how honest people are about, um, you know, there's <laughs> a lot of pilots have big egos. No shock there. But it's uh, people are extremely honest. When you're flying with, with people that close, you have, to be, um, you have to be honest with your skills and your comfort. And if you're not, um, uh, the self-evaluation project or process is actually really, really helpful. I'd and, say more, uh, t- more times than not, uh, you're your own worst critic. Yeah. Well, it turns out that way and you don't have to be evaluated by others. Um, people, have, it turns out people are really honest and, uh, 
we have guys with these guys are multi-thousand hours CFIs that that can't handle form. Uh, it's just it's not for everybody. Mm. I uh, I did it one time um, on one on one of our flights out to uh, uh, Catalina Island. Me and Bill wrote um, we're we're flying out, and it was a uh, it was a you know once you get over over the ocean, especially as you know, it's just it's it's smooth as as a baby's butt, man. It just uh, there's never hardly any bumps because you don't have that heat convecting off the ground. And so he he forms up on me just like it was nothing. He did that for a while. He goes, okay. He he goes, I'm gonna take lead, and you form onto me. And I couldn't believe how hard that was. It looks so easy, but it is so not to stay in the same relative spot with something that's moving through the air in three dimensions. Well, I think one of the reasons Mike was so good at it as a helicopter pilot, you have to anticipate. Uh, you have to be you know five minutes ahead of the bird. And yeah. And so that's why he was so good. I mean, he, he could kind of see where where my plane was moving, and he was already there. And, and there's kind of the magic moment when you're flying form where you just kind of get it, and you you're, you're, the back of your brain, the background of your brain kind of takes over and is making all the movements for you. You're just watching the plane, and your feet are, you're, are working the rudder, rudders, your hands working the ailerons and elevator, and it's just kind of automatic. It's really a fun moment. Yeah, it's... Uh... I bet you it was, and very cool to see. And I can't wait to see it on, uh, what is it, Sunday? Is that when they're expected to be in? We come in, well, the time we usually come in is about 7 in the morning on Sunday. Um, and then the backup plan is if there's weather or uh, the runway gets fouled, which does happen, uh, we would come in in the evening. So the large mass arrivals, they want to they wanna get them in before the FISC heats up. Yeah. Uh, which is normally late morning, so they want us in early uh, where we, or, where, or late. Where will you guys uh, start off from? We start. We rally at uh, at Janesville. So what we'll do is most of us will fly in the Friday before Ash and do some practice sorties on Friday and Saturday, um, and then we leave uh, uh, early, early Sunday morning. Like normally, we're at the field by five thirty. Okay. And then uh, we have to wait for the the call from the FAA to make sure everything's good, and uh, then we launch. And so, um, any idea about how many people's expected to to, uh, to do this this year? It's hard to tell. I was on the website. Uh, the website, by the way, is uh, https colon slash slash c two a dot club. Gives you everything you need to know. You can. You can download download our standard operating procedures for formation flight, and then the Red Star. Uh, Red Star is a group that basically uh, operates the general aviation flying standards for formation. They do they do a really good job. Uh, and actually, it's run by a guy named Munchie, and he's he's actually operates out of the Scottsdale area, um, flying a Yak. Originally, it was the Yak Formation Club or something like that, but there's so many guys that want to do it that they. Uh, uh, he he is more closely aligned with the Mooney group. I actually went to a Mooney gunfire, gunfighter session down at Yuma one year, and it was uh, it was extremely well organized. Um, so that's probably the next level. But um, uh, Cirrus guys do a really good job too, and and they take it very seriously. Uh, we have a new uh, guy running everything this year. It's Craig Albright. He's actually out of um, the local area here in Phoenix. 
And then, uh, of course, Will Garber leads us in, leads us in every year. He, does, he just does an amazing job as lead. Uh, we're hoping to have, we had 21 plans last year. I'm hoping to have 30 or so. Looks like there's a bunch of, of uh, new guys attending sessions this year. So if we get good attendance from um, uh, the, the old guys, the veterans, and all the newbies show up, uh, it's going to be a pretty good group. I'm hoping it's at least 30. So we would have 10, 10, 10 Vicks. Uh, that'd be something to see. And are you guys uh, taking off uh, two at a time? No, no, we take off in groups of three. Three, okay. So you have lead, and then you have left wing and right wing, and we all take off at the same time. But Oshkosh, um, uh, runway three six right at Oshkosh is pretty narrow, so we can only uh, we can only safely land two planes at a time. Yeah. So normally it's lead and left wing, and then right wing at about uh, 500 feet AGL, breaks off and lands on the, the taxiway, which for Oshkosh is designated 3-6 right. So, and if we do it right, you know, everybody touches down at the same time or just about the same time, and it looks really good. Uh, the formation videos I saw from the ground last year were awesome. Yeah. They're not really, really good. Um, but, yeah, uh, I love yeah, really, watching them. Well, it's, it, it's something else. It's <laughs> It's crazy how, how jacked up I get for it. It's just so much fun. Yeah, I'm usually not there on that Sunday. This year I will be, so somebody's going to have to just wake me up that early. But You have to get up <laughs> early, John. There you <laughs> yeah, go. I know. I need to go see it. We uh, That reminds me. I got to get my uh, camping stuff sent over to Larry. I, um, we plan on I, – I show up at, uh, in, at Appleton, in Appleton on uh, Saturday evening at some point. Um, my daughter's in-laws, who we do all the camping with, Richard and Cindy, are driving their RV out there from here, and uh, we'll show up there uh, sometime in the uh, late morning or early afternoon on Saturday. So, um, so they'll come pick me up. So hopefully, uh, we'll get a good night's sleep in and get out there and and uh, and look for uh, look for you guys to arrive. Yeah, get me up. We'll go get some get some photos. So Mark, Mark, are you going to be Mark? Are you going to be in Charlie Pop this year, or what's going on? So this year, uh, unfortunately, I can't do the flight out. Matter of fact, I'm looking at flights to get me there to Osh. Um, no, my uh, my youngest daughter Haley, who has been my co-pilot for years, um, just got engaged uh, a, a few weeks ago, and uh, which we're all excited about. We we love her fiance, and he's a great guy, and. Unfortunately, they're, um, of all of the weekends they planned their engagement party on, it happens to be that Saturday. Imagine that. <laughs> so I'm like, you can't do it the week before or after, and, and either my friend's house who we're having the party at, they're either unavailable because they're, they're uh, doing college visits, or other family members. I was like, I was like um, for the, for the, the 24th, uh, I was the only one that had an issue with that date. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Odd man out. <laughs> I guess. I guess dad of the bride has to make new arrangements. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So uh, after after this recording, uh, Ethan, I need to chat about logistics and figure out what we're doing. And um, well, my brother's happy because he's gone. So, so I figured he was going to get the ride out, but we're going to figure out what we're doing on the ride back. So, and, and during, so, uh, but we can chat about that offline. 
But uh, yeah, that kind of threw a wrench in my my plans, and it almost became I, a, a no go across the board. And my wife and I had a heart to heart, and I was the one that was saying, "I, I just I guess I'm not going this year." She's like, um, "No, you're gonna you're gonna fly out Sunday morning, and you're going to Oshkosh." And I looked at her like, Wait, "Yes, who are you?" Yes, nice. Yeah, <laughs> who are you? I love you. Exactly, <laughs> and and I think it has a lot to do with I, I well been hanging out with Keith Moore and, and his wife, Chris, and, and we all get along super, really, really good. And we have a lot of common interests. And I, I think maybe, maybe it, maybe it's a thing that Chris is going to reach out to Cheryl while we're gone or something. And the, oh, you know, are, you, are you kidding? I need Cheryl to take care of Chris while I'm gone. <laughs> exactly. So, um, anyway, uh, it was, it, I was caught off guard and, and I was like, okay, I, I guess I'm looking for flights now. So, <laughs> But uh, I needed to make sure that uh, things were ironed down here. Then I need to have a conversation with Keith and blah, blah, blah. But, uh, but uh, I'm at that point where I can start making plans and paying for tickets and stuff like that. So. Well, we've got a car and a place to stay, so you're welcome to. Awesome. So, well, so I'm, look, I'm, look, I'm looking at it to get that, getting to Appleton. So if, if you were talking about you know, weather delays or whatever, I, uh, Chris was telling me that they have a shuttle that comes out of Appleton to, to Osh. Uh, at least I can at least get from there to the, to the grounds, and, and then we can always go from there. But I think there was a shuttle that, I think there was a shuttle that went from the FBO at Osh to, uh, to Appleton. You can do the FBO where there's one at the, uh, the main gate where the buses are. It like, leaves that little bus corral, because I no, took it up you. one time to leave. Yeah. There you go. Cool. So there's a, there's a couple spots. It's cool. easy. Yeah, so at least at least the flight that I'm looking at, it, it gets in at like four forty five in the afternoon. So there's plenty of time if there's a, a you know a a multi hour delay or something like that. That or if I get in, you know, it's it's not ridiculously late in the afternoon or, or in the evening. So there you go. Yeah, just just don't expect to be picked up during Warbird activity. It's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's Oshkosh. You'll see it again. That's, that, yeah, you'll, see it tom- you'll see it tomorrow. The exactly. P-51. Oh, another P-51. <laughs> yeah, the P-51s oh, to Osh or the B-25 Mitchells to Osh, you know. Oh, look, there goes Doc. Oh, yeah. oh look, and there's Fifi, too. You get so tired of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, never, never gets old. That's why we go every year. Heck no. Exactly. Always something new. Yep, yep. Well, Keith, uh, Keith hit me up uh, uh, last week sometimes, and hey, I got the plane back down here. He, um, let me know if you want to go want to go for a ride. I'm like, uh, yeah. How about Saturday? <laughs> it's like almost immediately. So it's like cool. So uh, we were, we're talking about just doing a, a flight up to uh, Payson um, for uh, for breakfast because it's always usually a good a, a good uh, good spot for breakfast. It's got good views and decent restaurant and everything. And get to the airport, and he goes, "What about the Grand Canyon?" I was like, uh, yeah, that's been one of my little uh, uh, destinations to try and hit up for the longest time, but it's pretty expensive to rent a 172 and smash bugs all the way to the Grand Canyon and back. So, um, so his his uh, his uh, other buddy, um, um, what's his name? Norman. Norman. Norm. Yes. Norman met up with us and and uh, we did a, a flight up to uh, Payson to grab some breakfast and uh, cheap fuel. Wasn't as cheap as I thought it was going to be, though. Yeah, something's happened because it yeah. was uh, it was four eighty a gallon. Yeah, it used I, to be in the low threes. Yeah. Um, and uh, so we went and had our breakfast. Uh, it was busy as hell up there, wasn't it? We had to park a ways away from the uh, 
restaurant and do a little walk. Um, the airport or the restaurant was fairly busy, but we did get in w- without too much of a wait. But uh, I think it's pretty standard for a Saturday there. Probably, yeah, yeah. I've I've never not been able to park on the the ramp in front of the uh, restaurant before, so that was kind of a first for me. There, but, are a lot uh, of pla- there was a lot of planes there. There was probably 30 or 40 planes there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so we took off out of there and, and headed up north and uh, did the uh, Zuni Corridor, the Dragon Corridor, and the, I can never remember the next one, the, um, man, every time I get to that one, I can never remember it. I can't either, so don't feel bad. Yeah. I know I, uh, I'll hold that phone just one more. I got it here. There it is, the fossil. Fossil. It, it, is there four corridors up there, do you remember, or just those three? No, there's more than that. Oh, yeah, even, that, yeah. even more than four, yeah. So there's a, a special map with these corridors, and, and as you're flying over the canyon, you have to be at like 10,500 feet on certain ones, 11,500 feet, I think, on other ones. Well, it depends uh, what direction you're going, north right. or south. That's they change it. Yeah. So the last, the last one is the tuck-up corridor. Okay. And uh, and don't ask, and, me, don't ask me what that means. I have no idea. <laughs> so in, in, some Indian, uh, uh, probably uh, uh, for that area. Yeah, the dragon's the coolest. We actually flew that twice. Yeah, on uh, that was that was our exit to get out. And north north to south, it's really cool. I think. Very gorgeous, uh, seeing the uh, Colorado River from up there, and just can't seeing the expanse of it. You know, it's uh, I've been to the edge of the Grand Canyon. I don't know how many times, and and seen it. And I've camped on the north rim of the Grand Canyon uh, for um, uh, like week uh, weekend long or three day weekend long uh, um, hiking, um, camping slash mountain biking trips with some buddies of mine before. So it's it's one thing just to see it from the edge. It's a whole other thing to see it from an airliner at thirty thousand feet. But it's really incredible when once you're down just a few thousand feet above the uh, the tops of the mesas. Yeah, it sounds like you, it sounds like you're high when you're at ten or eleven thousand feet, but actually, like the ground there is like six thousand, yeah. six or seven thousand. So it's really not that far below you. Yeah, I, I don't. I I think it's even maybe higher than that, isn't it? Um, and the uh, uh, helicopter, North Northrum is definitely higher. The helicopter tours, you hear them go, hear them talking all the time, and and they're flying at canyon level or just below sometimes. Right. So pretty cool. So so I'll transition it here, and it, it's in in line with this for, I, and I know the answers. So, but for those that are uninformed or uninitiated, why the altitudes? the restrictions and and I think you just covered it but how high is the canyon level there so what does that put you ab- above ground Let's Oh see. what are so, we at AGL yeah Well uh, Grand Grand Canyon National Park Airport is at 6600 so call it 7 grand at the south rim uh north rim is going to be I think the north rim is well I see yeah I see I think it's 7000 6,900, 7,700. Yeah. It changes a bit, but um, I'm seeing 8,020. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, the north road's quite a bit higher. I see anything from 6,900 to 9,600, I think. 
Yeah, right along the dragon, it's 8,000. I'm looking at it right there. Yeah. So that being said, that means you're still only... You're only a couple thousand feet of it, above it. Yeah. So you can see you got a great view no matter what. Oh, for sure. For sure. I got some, I got some pretty cool pictures. I posted them already out there to Facebook and Twitter and so forth. And that's just a handful of actually what I got, obviously. Um, taking lots they, of pictures they, they while you're in the airplane is not great for me. Um, when it's uh, bumpy, you know where this is going. <laughs> you don't say. Yeah, imagine that. <laughs> I'm not seeing episode anything. 78, and <laughs> even with even with an airplane with air ones. conditioning on it, and I'm sitting in the front seat with it blowing on me, it's just like I can't help myself. <laughs> yeah, I get a little sick sometimes, but it's my own right. fault. It probably would have been fine if I just stayed looking out the window instead of trying to take all the photos and being the photographer, but. Uh, can't help myself. It's okay. There was no cleanup on aisle three, so we're good. Yeah, yeah. It was all contained. I bring my own <laughs> my own air sick bags. You flight to Mark there to take the pictures. Flight bag lives to fly again. You know. I'll be honest. Mark was feeling a little bit when we were in, in Havasu, so yeah. I had to stop and put the camera down, get my bearings. Okay, yeah. Mark, look again. Well, what what I normally do is someone's getting sick because I haven't put their hand on the stick, and that gives them a, a sensation of control, and it usually. It usually alleviates, but um, I think I was too late with Chris. He didn't. He wasn't uh, forthcoming with the information. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was trying to just control it and stuff, and and I said, "Well, I'm going to be sick," and he's like, "Well, just do this, this." I go, "Nah, it's too late. It's on its way." <laughs> two two minutes later, there I am, and then again coming back into and and what's funny is like over the canyon where the drop offs are with the with the floor well below you. Nice and smooth. As soon as you get over top of the mesas, it's bumping around again, you know. Um, and it, it started getting pretty – even at – well, you know, actually at our altitude, we were showing, what, 15, 16 degrees Celsius, which was which is only like uh, 60 degrees, I think. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't, wasn't like it was super hot up there, but still enough convective activity. You know, Not that it matters when you have air conditioning. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that was that was a, a fun surprise to uh, to go to, um, and uh, and uh, it was everything I thought it was going to be. So that was real cool. I really appreciate that, Keith. Oh, that was fun. I had a good time. So the, what's uh, your? So the reason they keep you up high is to keep you away from the uh, all the uh, the charter traffic that's down the canyon. So they have yeah. helicopters and airplanes that they charter to go down. And there's there's areas that you can't fly in. You have to stay in these corridors. Yeah. At specific altitudes up high, so that's why the answer to Mark's question. Well, maybe sometime we can uh, uh, go a little further up north and hit Page and do a little tour over top of uh, some of Lake Powell. That'd be oh, sure. Neat. That'd be neat to see. Yeah, sure, that, we need a little more gas for that, but yeah. Yeah, and we'll have to do a little refuel up there in Page. Um, I'd like to see that along with. Um, um, some of the, what is it, the Monument Valley. Yeah, I want to go to Monument yeah, Valley. Do some turns around a point over top of some, some of those, uh, some of those, uh, I don't know what you call them, but uh, monuments. <laughs> there you go. Whatever. So, so let's plan that post, Osh, because Keith's wife and my wife have, have been making plans for us to come down there and visit them. So. Oh, that'd be so fun. Yeah, we'll go down and Make a make a, a day out of it. 
Well, we don't have to worry. We don't have to worry about the girls in the plane. There you yeah, go. No. <laughs> no. There you go. Heck yeah. Well, yeah, that's exciting. So what's uh, what's next, uh, uh, Keith? You, you heading back? To, when are you heading back to California? Uh, Thursday morning early. And are you going to be there until you leave for Osh then? Uh, we're going to try and get back once more. Oh, okay. Um, it all depends on how her uh, her health issues go and where her yeah where her appointments get scheduled. But um, yeah, we're we're going to try and get back for at least two weeks. Yeah. All righty. Well, sounds good. I'm, uh, it's, uh, Osh is quickly upon us. I'm very much looking forward to it. And if uh, Sun and Fun was any indication to how thirsty people are for their av fix, I'm expecting <laughs> enormous crowds. This is a good thing. Larry was saying in, in, our, in, our, in his little bulletin about uh, camping at Camp Bacon that uh, their, sat, their normal Saturday at... Uh, at Sun and Fun of 25,000, which, oh, that's cute, um, was more like 40,000, um, which is a huge increase for that place. So, wow. Whereas uh, um, Oshkosh, the last couple of years, were, were top in half a million as far as the crowds. So, And that that's, I think, total for the whole week, but uh, still pretty impressive. So good. Mm-hmm. I know I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I got my vacation time submitted. Um, we are, uh, see, when when I come back, we are going to be very close to opening up uh, our 12th campus. And uh, hopefully I've got everything in place prior to leaving that they ain't going to need anything for me um, uh, before, bef- while I'm out there. Unfortunately, yesterday I woke up to, I, I wake up, I, I grab my phone first thing just to check to see if anything's, going on and the first thing i read is an email from my server administrator that uh he's putting in his notice and he's leaving in a month so i'm like well that's just great so so i've got an open position to fill so chris i'm looking uh, i'm looking on the sectionals i'm looking on the sectionals here it looks like monument valley is uh pretty close to page yeah that should be that'd be that'd be a good trip yeah, that'd be cool. Well, that'd be awesome, Mark, if uh, if you could make it out here for for a spot and and we could uh, do a little hangout, a little fly. That'd be a, that'd be a blast. Yeah, I'd love I'd love to get down there. Um, like, like I said, the, the the girls and 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 Keith and I have been talking about it for a while. It just we just got to make it happen. It's like like Keith was saying that it has to do with Chris's health and um, let's 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 wait until it gets below one fifteen though. Absolutely, I, I'm good with uh, I'm good with fall winter <laughs> there you go cool cool air to fly in that, that yeah make things nice too most definitely yeah the uh the summer ain't no joke um it's uh, it sure does take the fun out of it <laughs> especially on the on the taxing and takeoff and, and the coming into land and stuff like that it's 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 kind of miserable well i remember we 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 used to talk about you going flying and it was always like it, you were taking off at your wheels up at like six o'clock in the morning kind of thing. or five yeah yeah uh, yeah we uh i'd break I'd, I'd beat the sun up even in the middle of the summer when it's you know sun's coming up at 5 a.m i'm i'm trying to get wheels up and be back by 8 30 or 9 that's how a lot of my training was i remember that but uh Cool. Yeah, and, and I've built this little portable AC system that I have to take out. I know on my next flight I will, even if it's a, a night currency flight, just to keep it cool if you're just doing pattern 
pattern stuff and not getting above three or four. Because even at night, at 9 or 10 o'clock at night, it's still going to be 90 degrees tonight probably, you know, at 9 or 10 o'clock. So, I don't think not, it's going to get below 90 tonight. Yeah, probably not. And and uh, I can remember in some of those years where we'd have those 120-degree days, which is just insane to think about. But at 3 o'clock in the morning, it's still over 100 degrees because the ground's absorbed so much heat. It's just radiating off, you know. Ugh. This is our winter. This is what we, you know, this is our winter. We just, uh, we're just shoveling sunshine here, not snow. So it's all good. <laughs> it's oh, all good. oh, is that how it works? Okay. Yeah, thank yeah. You. Think, positive thinking, dude. Just, I'll you take know. this now. <laughs> yeah, hard pass. Yeah. It's not so bad. I, I like all four seasons, but I don't want to shovel snow. <laughs> I shoveled yeah. my share of snow. I don't need to do anymore. I, I, I left mine, left my uh, shovel back in Missouri and haven't seen it since. I'm happy with that. So, anyways, I think this uh, covers it for episode uh, 79. How say you, John? Yeah, that sounds good. So, uh, we'll go ahead and let everyone know where they can find us. Um, first, Keith, where can uh, people hit you up uh, online? Best place to get me is uh, email address ksr1 at comcast.net or my Facebook page. I don't think we, uh, did we even share your last name? Oh, Roberts. There we go. Pretty, pretty boring. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's my friend Keith. Oh, there you go. <laughs> my buddy Keith. That's <laughs> right. My buddy Keith. My buddy Keith at Facebook.com. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It was no for a while there. It was Mark's buddy Keith. Even yeah. <laughs> he shares now. It's nice. He doesn't have a choice. It's <laughs> the kind of guy I am. <laughs> All right, and uh, Mark, how about you? Uh, as always, there's the Mark at Independent Podcast, and I think uh, my name, uh, Lacoste, Mark Lacoste, on Facebook. I haven't been on there a lot lately, um, and you can find me on Instagram also as CF underscore Pilot Mark. And Chris, how about you? Sure, you can uh, shoot me an email at Chris at IndependentPodcast.com. Uh, you can find me occasionally on the little Twitter machine at C-H-O-L-U-B-A-Z. That's C-H-O-L-U-B-A-Z. Um, then the Pattern Podcast Facebook page or my personal Facebook at Chris Holub. All right. For me, you can find me at John at InThePatternPodcast.com. I'm at Pilot Conway on Twitter, Instagram, pretty much everywhere online. Um, and also appearing occasionally um like youtube on other people's airplanes uh fly opa i think there's some new content dropping there soon um for the entire podcast you can reach all of us at podcast at in the pattern podcast.com or on twitter is in the pattern or you can like us on facebook at facebook.com slash in the pattern podcast uh, show notes for this episode and other episodes can be found at our website at in the pattern podcast.com um, send in any suggestions comments critiques love to get feedback um, from our listeners and with that, we'll wrap up episode 79 of the In the Pattern podcast. I'd like to thank y'all for listening. And remember, make left traffic, you're cleared for the option.